Welcome to the Shaky Experience. My name is James Richard Lane. Today, we will be speaking volume with Aaron Fenning. Aaron is the founder of indie synth-pop band Chairlift. He has toured across country, solo, and with his previous band. He has performed with artists such as MGMT, We Are Scientists, The Killers, Blood Orange, Solange Knowles, and many others. He currently spends his time between New York and Colorado. So without further ado, Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, James. Hey, how's it going today? <laughs> how's it feeling to be here in Denver? Oh, you got me really excited. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm glad to hear that. So for starters, can you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about who you are? Oh, boy. Oh, is this an interview? Uh, yeah. That's what this is? Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I surprised you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I had a question for you first, but maybe I'll just, uh, okay, I'll just answer yours. Okay. Uh, what was the question? What was it? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Yeah, so uh, just introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about you. Okay, my name is Aaron Finning, and, uh, you know, I'm a musician, songwriter, uh, I, I cook, I'm an uncle, uh, pre- pretty all right dude. Nice. Is this uh this sounds like something that people usually have on their like Twitter about me. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I, I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't used Twitter in a couple of years. Oh, okay. Nice. But well, um uh do you? Uh yeah, sometimes. Um so how did you get involved with music? Where where did the music projects mm, get started? Mm, very good question. Um probably in Boulder. Uh you know, like seriously started thinking about music then wasn't uh, really planning on it, but then just kind of serendipitously ended up in New York and kept doing it, and here I am. When did you first start performing live? About how old were you? Nine, either five or 19. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scale. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say. But, you know, it depends on what you say, performing, but probably 19. So it took a while. I was in school, and... Um, Kind of just met someone who was also into music, and it. Uh, I, I booked some studio time in L.A. at uh, Elliot Smith's form, former studio, his oh, studio wow. that he built. Uh, it's called New Monkey in uh, Van Nuys, California, just in L.A. And um, I was going to go by myself, but then um, I convinced you know my friends to come with me. And those were like the first sort of chairlift recordings that we did. And then you met the chairlift members while going to school? Yeah, the University of Colorado. Oh, nice. Yeah. What was your degree in? Yeah, good question. I think it was English and film. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess the plan... Well, was... I just got sidetracked with music stuff, you know. And then, so. did you finish? But, well, yeah, but then I moved to New York. I kind of, that could, took over. I didn't think I would ever play music. It just kind of happened. Do you remember <laughs> your first performance and what it was like? Um, I remember the first chairlift show was in Colorado Springs. Pikes Park, downtown Colorado Springs, was very under-attended, but we were tight. That's we, awesome. We were tight band. Covered one Elliott Smith song. Ooh, so you, you really love Elliott Smith, I do, I do, like. I do. I, do. I, was just, I was going through a really uh, deep phase. What influenced you to get involved with music? Was it is it something that you thought that you would do? I mean, obviously you were into film and English, and then you kind of transitioned to music. Is that something that you ever had in mind, or anyone in your family yeah. into music? And it's weird to say English too, because I think it was more of like a creative writing thing. My parents are pretty musical, but 
they, I mean, they don't do it professionally, but uh, they got me into it for sure. Nice. Um, I mean, you know, just however, how, like, how did you get into music? How did I get into music? Um, the janitor of my high school. Ooh, I like where this is going. <laughs> gave me a Paul Reed Smith guitar. <laughs> I don't know why. He just gave me one. And uh, I was like, uh, I guess I'll just start making music. And uh, I kind of just took it from there. What are some of the major differences from when you first started playing music? To where you are now. Hmm. Time. Yes. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, major differences in what do you mean? I guess like in your sound. Do you hear a difference within your writing process and the sound of your music in general? Um. It's I. It seems like everyone has you know very their own unique songwriting journeys that they go on and um this is really interesting i don't know if you talked to we are scientists about this but they they do this thing called the songwriting challenge yeah i have talked to them about that yeah but if you wouldn't mind explaining that on air that would be good the songwriting challenge Uh uh-huh okay so uh i have yet to do it i haven't done it yet been invited by uh andrew because um, I know they do it too, don't they? Yeah. Or they like work with them or something like that. Yeah, sometimes Simon, yeah. Simon Doom, um, Simon O'Connor, who his band is called Simon Doom, and he plays bass in MGMT. He does it a lot. He's great. I think he's, I mean, I've heard that he's the best. He's a really great songwriter. If anyone wants to listen to Simon Doom, just <laughs> go on to Spotify and look up Simon Doom. I uh, love their new album really too. Great. Yeah. yeah. And um, so what they do, essentially the idea is... What I know of it is um, uh, 10 hours to write, or is it 10 hours? Yeah, 10 hours to write 10 songs. Yeah. So you start at like uh, 8 a.m., you know, go to 6 p.m.-ish or something, <laughs> and then everyone meets up at someone's house and goes over all this, the songs that you wrote. So basically you just write one song an hour for a whole day. I'm like, and it's a good exercise, I think. I've tried it on my own, and I can barely do it. How? <laughs> because it takes me years to write, like, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I remember uh, checking out your SoundCloud uh, back in the day, and I think, like, the only two tracks on there was... <laughs> I, that checks out. I used to, and uh, was it called Two Cardinals? Was yeah. that one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I kind of remember that from way back when. Wow, cool. Yeah, and uh, just... You know, hearing that story, like, it's just like, I don't know, you, uh, when you played at UMS yesterday, the Underground Music Showcase, the material that you played was awesome. I think that the 10-hour challenge would probably be difficult for most people, so I can't blame you for that. Yeah, yeah, it is. It just flexes different uh, muscles, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When did you realize that making music was something you wanted to take more seriously? I think when I moved to New York. Yeah. Yeah, because it just like jolt, jolted me, my so, body. So you... Uh, <laughs> you better do something. Right. <laughs> so Come on, you man. graduated from school and then in Boulder, and then you moved to New York immediately afterwards? Is that accurate? Yeah. 2006, mm-hmm. I think. And then, are you still living in New York? Well, currently I'm here. Where are we? Colorado, Denver. And uh, <laughs> my, um, my family is all in Colorado Springs, so I've been spending more time there. 
It's got the garden, the Olympic, uh, the <laughs> Olympic area. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool spot. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've only been to Colorado Springs a handful of times, but I know that I like got tickets somehow to see uh, Com Trues at the Black Sheep. Oh no way! Yeah, and he did a really great performance. The Black Sheep's kind of an interesting venue. Have you played there before? Uh, no. I've only been there a couple of times. I just saw Harmar Superstar play there. Oh, that's awesome. The other day. Yeah, I think was he like covering something or was He was doing uh Sam Cooke songs. That's awesome. Um, it was really good, you know, his voice just like is in uh the same kind of vocal register and he just nails it. You know, he sounds great. That's pretty So good. he does that and then he plays a couple of his own songs. That's a really good set. I haven't heard from Harmar Superstar in a while. I feel like he's been kind of under the radar, maybe. Maybe, but he tours a lot. He works a lot. He's That's probably one of the hardest working dudes that I know. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. He's from uh, Minnesota, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think uh, like they named a day after him in Minnesota. I think they did. Yeah. yeah. So I can't keep track of all the cool things that have been named after him. <laughs> he just, like yesterday, got a, a Taco John's award. What? They got uh, some kind of Taco John's trophy and uh, food menu, something named after him (laughs) in South Dakota. What? That's so so crazy. (laughs) Dreams. Good for him. Yeah, seriously. Taco John's. I've only (laughs) ate there a couple of times, but next time I go, I'll just think of Harmar and be like, that guy is just that good. But he's he's also a very inspiring guy. He, you know, we were neighbors for a long time in Brooklyn. I've like, I've opened for him. Speaking of your shows, what's it like being at an Aaron Fenning show? What's the vibe like? That's, I would would like to ask you that because I don't know. I feel like it's, in my mind, I don't know. I feel kind of like I'm not the most exciting person. I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, seeing you yesterday, I was pretty excited. Maybe it was because, like, (laughs) I've been reaching out to you constantly to play UMS, and then you're finally here. That's true. You made this happen. Yeah. Thank you, James. Yeah, no problem. But I guess seeing your set live would be like um, probably eating an ice cream sundae with, like, really hot fudge on it. And uh, (laughs) Go on, go on. What's interesting (laughs) is, like, you... To me, I love Steve Jobs, and you kind of look like Steve Jobs, but like Steve Jobs meets a tall guy, basically. (laughs) That's like you to me. You have a very deep voice when you sing, and it's kind of interesting because it's distinct. I feel like in the indie world, it can be hard sometimes to be distinct within the indie world, having like a certain voice because... You know, some voices can sound similar or whatever, but your voice definitely, definitely sticks out when you're singing. And when you're not singing, it's like, I don't know, it's crazy. It's like a, it's like a really wild experience talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. So there you go. So one more question before we get into the first song of the evening. Do you feel there's a a certain message that you try to give your fans within your music? Oh, no, I just make the thing. I just work on music that I would want to hear. So there are messages in there, I'm sure. But there are messages probably that I'm just telling myself and maybe other people relate to some of them. So let's get into the first song of the hour. It's going to be your song, uh, Rewards, and the track is called Equal Dreams, which also features Solange Knowles. Can you tell me a little bit about this song and how you wrote it? We were both living in Brooklyn at the same time, and um, just kind of, I just texted her to see if she wanted to come over, because I was working on this song, Um, and... uh, 
yeah, I thought I didn't think she would come over, but <laughs> she showed up in an Uber and just sang on it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and the title? Can you tell me a little bit about the title of the song? What's that about? Equal Dreams. Uh huh. So, um, dreams. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't know it was going to be, it just started, this one started as an instrumental and I thought it would just be an instrumental forever. But then, uh, as I was working on it, I invited her over and, uh, just, it kind of turned into this duet, you know, I, re- I record, I, I, I did part of it. I recorded some of the like seagull sounds in, in Seattle. It was recorded while I was on tour basically. And then part of it was done in Brooklyn. No, finishing touches. Anyway, I'm sorry, trying to wrap this up. I, you know, it's people just having the same vision. It's about people having the same vision. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Equal dreams.
the ending of that, and it's still going, which is really nice. Those are little sounds from the Edgewater Hotel in Seattle. Really? That's what those sounds are. <laughs> That's really cool. The seagulls yeah. make a really good sound. I love that ending of how uh, it was really, really dancey in the end. You know, you were mentioning that song was originally supposed to be instrumental. Was that kind of like the ending? Was it supposed to be the whole thing? Or did you kind of just play it by ear type of thing? Does that make sense? That's a weird right. question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it started with the, it started <clears throat> with the ending, I think. I think it was kind of just based off that. I, yeah. Groove. I don't know, the guitar. It was a little <laughs> bit of guitar in there. and uh, Yeah, totally. Yeah, That's uh, also Dev Hines playing. I had a super huge feeling. That sounds a <laughs> lot like uh, the one of his songs, which I don't remember the name of it. But anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the accomplishments that you have done as a musician. Oh. Yeah, so here we go. For starters, many people may know you for the band that you were once upon a time in, which is called Chairlift. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your time in Chairlift and what was that like for you? Deep question. All right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a good time. It, you know, great time in chairlift. Um, we start well. I mean, it started. I started it in Boulder, and then um, convinced my bandmate Caroline to go. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> to um, <laughs> I've been sneezing all morning. Um, I uh, yeah, convinced her somehow to go with me into L.A. to Elliot Smith's thing to record those th- songs. Um, you know, we did that during spring break. Uh, in college, and instead of you know doing what all the people usually do, which is I don't know what people do, <laughs> but uh, we went and recorded music, <laughs> and um, I was gonna go just anyway to do it, and um, she did it, and my friend Kyle came, and uh, so we were three piece when Chairlift started. You particularly may be known for your song Bruises. Mm-hmm. Could you tell me just a little bit about that song and how you wrote it? Um, I mean, it just it came, it came, it came. It was born in Boulder. Um, we ended up recording it when uh, Patrick Wimberly joined the band, um, but he didn't join. You know, I didn't meet Patrick until I moved to New York, even though we went to the same school in Boulder. Interesting. Um, okay. So he didn't join the band until later, a couple years later. He joined the band, and then we, I don't know, we recorded the song maybe like nine or eleven, twelve times. Different recording, you know, finally settled on this one that we did in Patrick's, uh, like, home studio. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good song, very popular, and so much so that it was featured in an iPod commercial. It was. And do you feel like that helped contribute to the band's success? Probably. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's, I don't really, I didn't, I don't really know. I don't know, I'm not good with math and numbers and promotional stuff so yeah it's probably did yeah I, <laughs> I just uh you know i guess i was i don't even know how old i was i may have been 16 17 18 something wow. like that when oh my that song came out were you living then <clears throat> uh baltimore, baltimore just hometown yeah cool. I, yeah i think i was still in high school potentially i know when that song came out uh a lot of people just really really loved that song it was extremely popular all my friends had it on their ipods and uh yeah so i just i don't know i just thought it was kind of cool so the band continued for a few years after you left is that something that you expected or you were okay with well i was fine with it it was just 
Yeah, I think it, you know, they played their last show a year ago, maybe. Were you there? In 2017, they played their last show. I was in New York. I was not at the show. Oh, okay. But I was was around. I was down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still speak to them? Um, Patrick and I do. Yeah, Patrick's great. I love Patrick. Yeah, he's really great. Patrick's awesome. Could we ever see a chairlift reunion with you in it again? Is that possible? Um, no. No. No chairlift reunion. Follow-up question. <laughs> as rewards or just as Aaron yourself or another music project, could you ever cover a chairlift song? Cover my own song? <laughs> I really enjoy playing Earwig Town sometimes. I will play that solo sometimes. Did you play it yesterday? I did not. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What do you love about that song so much? Um, the drumming. I love Patrick's drumming on it. He's uh, he's like producing or something now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's awesome. He produced recent MGMT. That uh, album is so fucking good. Yeah. It's like nuts how good it is. I uh, when I heard uh, When You Die for the first time, I was just like, wow. So totally. I just wanted to say that really quick. Oh, me too. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned to me uh, last night we were out for drinks seeing uh, Weird Touch, which is yeah. a mutual friend of ours. His name is Matthew Brown, and Weird Touch is just... I mean, it's, like, one of the coolest things ever, like, in my opinion. Like, going to a Weird Touch, like, con- I don't know if you'd call it a concert or just show or whatever it is, like, DJ set. Um, it's, like, this gothic, disco, freaky-deaky, fun night. And <laughs> I don't know. We were just, we were just hanging out. <laughs> Me and Aaron were hanging out last night having drinks. And you actually – I – talk to you and I was like, Aaron, you know, I, I used to skateboard in high school and asked you if you skateboarded and you said no, but you told me that you surf or you, you're trying to surf or you'd like to watch surfing. And you told me that, um, your friend Andrew of MGMT surfs a lot. So you watch him. Is that correct? Well, it sounds creepy when you put it that way. Sorry. Don't watch him, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, he surfs, you know, and I like the idea of myself being a surfer one day. <laughs> Have you gone surfing before? <laughs> in Brazil, I went once, and um, Whoa. it was awesome. It was in uh, Bahia. I was um, like, um, kind of this weird vacation I was on with the person I was involved with, and she, uh, we were supposed to be getting lessons, but the instructor was really into her. And kind of just ignored me. Whoa. And so basically, I just went off on my own and figured out how to do it. Isn't there a Matthew McConaughey movie called Surfer Dude or something oh. like that? I don't know. It sounds like there should be. Or used, it probably is. I used to run his Instagram account. It's kind of weird. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Now you tell me about this. So <laughs> me and uh, my best friend, we uh, we were watching Dazed and Confused. And um, we were like... Let's make an Instagram account, just a personal one for ourselves or whatever. My best friend, he's really into Matthew McConaughey. He's, like, obsessed. And uh, he he was like, what should I name the Instagram account? And I was like, "Uh, Matthew McConaughey. And uh, I don't know how that wasn't taken, but we got, like, 100,000 followers. And I, like, Channing Tatum, like, tagged us in, like, something. And, like, (laughs) Wendy Williams, like, reached out to us. It was was weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
it was pretty strange. But eventually we had to shut it down because... Uh, um, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty weird. Okay, let's get back to your accomplishments. So you've played lots of music festivals around the world. We can talk about my failures, too. I mean, <laughs> okay, whichever one you want, yeah. whichever direction you want to go. I'd like to talk about your accomplishments. I, I'm okay. more of a stay positive. type of guy that likes to stay positive. Okay. Yeah. So you've played lots of music festivals around the world. What is some of your favorite experiences playing the music festivals that you have and which festival has been your favorite to play oh those are good questions um for me it's always about who i'm with and the people i'm with and the food i'm eating and the food you're eating is yeah that what you're <laughs> yes yeah um festival wise i think bonnaroo's up there um what was your question uh, my question is, Is uh, what has been your favorite music festival to play, oh. and just why, basically? Hmm. And I guess you answered because of the food. It's primarily... Yeah. It's mostly the food, and then like whoever um, happened to be on tour with at the time, I think, makes a big difference, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I think We Are Scientists are my favorite people to tour with, and you know them. I do. And <laughs> so you know how fun it is. What has been a memory that you can share on the radio with us with yep. We Are Scientists. Like, just a just a fun, <laughs> wild memory hanging out with Keith Murray and Chris Kane. Um, Keith and I used to play a lot of video games together. Okay. We'd have video game night when okay. we were both free from our uh, relationship duties. We'd yeah, he's, mar- he's married now. Well, now he is, yeah. Yeah. So I guess this was a while ago. But, um, yeah, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Okay. All the games are gone. Oh, no. Game night's over. Oh, my God. If he's listening, but, uh, which I doubt he is. <laughs> um, I don't know. I have memories of touring in Europe with him and and using Yelp to find the best vegetarian, like, Indian food. Are you vegetarian? Um, yeah, essentially. So I am Keith, too. So, yeah. yeah. So, Keith and I would, would look up, you know, whatever. Any good memories uh, with Chris? Oh, pff, Chris. Yeah, okay. Um, we, we spent, <laughs> I spent the night... With, uh, let me rephrase this. Um, we were on tour. What are you gonna say? <laughs> you better not say that on my radio show. We played a show in Salt Lake City, and uh, Chris's uh, parents lived there. And we invented a game. We invented a game called Bonus Jonas. And uh, I honestly can't remember how to play it, but um, it's it involves um, a basement or some kind of like large space. And uh, as many Coors Lights as you can fit into that large space. And then, like, <laughs> jokes. And then at some point we fell asleep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, uh, I mean, that's just what I have so many good memories with Chris Kane and Keith Murray. They're just my, I love them. They've been really um, supportive of me. You know, taking me on tour and just like texting me and being like, "Where, the f- where's your music, man? Put it out." You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're they're good, they're great. Like, like they're kind of like, uh, it's almost like you're getting a, like a Russian mob or something like that. That's what I was yeah. thinking, like with baseball bats. <laughs> where's your music? Damn it, put it out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but that game. Uh, but- that game sounds uh, complicated. <laughs> Hopefully, there's directions. Yeah, I only remember the name of it, Bonus Jonas, <laughs> and there's one photo of us. And I just, it just really was a fun game in time. So I read that uh, you toured, or uh, I think toured, with uh, Brandon Flowers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What, what's it like uh, working with him? 
Um, it's also very inspiring. Um, he works so hard. You know, he'd yeah. be up really early in whatever city we were in, and he'd you know be working out at the gym. And um, uh, yeah, just super hardworking guy. That's and nice. I like his songs a lot. And he took me on tour right when I left Chairlift. You know, and it was right when he was doing his first solo thing. So um, we kind of did our solo adventure together. Obviously, you know, he's a little more well-known than me, but um, <laughs> um, it was really, really kind of him to think of me and to take me on tour with him. Speaking of, you know, you just said he's obviously more well-known than you, but do you think that you would be more well-known as an artist if you played, uh, like, your hit songs all the time, like the songs that you had with Chairlift? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't really, I don't know. I don't think about that. Really. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. But because um, being well-known and popularity, I don't care about. Who cares? Yeah, um, it doesn't you know, matter. Like if I can, I just want to, I mean, I think this is, a lot of people feel this way as artists, but just making something um, that really fulfills you is the most important thing to me. Or if I can make my niece happy and make her like, Aww. like that's another thing. <laughs> that's very sweet. It's a good gauge. Have you Have you wrote a song about your niece yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the photos of you guys are very adorable. Very, very nice. She seems very high energy, and uh, she seems like she may be into music one day. She might make some good some mm-hmm. quality sounds one yeah. day. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Brooklyn, Okay, if you don't mind. What were yeah. you going to say? Well, we can tie this into Brooklyn. Um, there's a really cool movie out called Hearts Beat Loud uh-huh. with Nick Offerman, okay. Kiersey Clemens, Ted Danson, Tony Collette. Nice. And it takes place in Red Hook, Brooklyn. And it's about Nick Offerman plays a father who starts a band with his daughter, Kiersey Clemens, and um, they start a band together. That's interesting. And anyway, it just I related to it because of me hanging out with my niece, who's three years old. So she a little different, but, um, Do you think, but same kind of thing. I guess when she's like <laughs> 18, you would be around 50-ish. Oh, maybe. man. Uh, would you maybe you guys could start a band then perhaps I really have no idea hopefully (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the the movie's cool we have Chairlift has a song in that movie really Um, mm -hmm. Uh, when did this movie come out Um, pretty recently so what is it July it came out I think like in June the middle of June so they reached out to I guess your I don't even know your media people and they were just like hey can we use this song um yeah this is you know publishing guys people <clears throat> what uh what song was played in there it was bruises oh nice cool makes yeah. sense okay it's a cool scene i don't want to spoil it otherwise i'd tell you about it actually i'm the type of person that lo- loves spoilers i prefer when something is spoiled and then i'm like <laughs> oh god thank god it saved me from the shock yeah but that's okay you um, can tell me after the show, maybe. Okay, yeah, I'll tell you. But Hearts Beat Loud is a really good movie. I cried. Uh, wait. Yes, I did. A couple times. <laughs> like, legitimately. That's good. Uh, okay, I'm going to have to watch this. I really liked it. That sounds really good. <laughs> so let's talk about Brooklyn. What made you move to Brooklyn in the first place? How did you uh, figure out this is the place that I should move? I think I had a conversation with my philosophy professor. Very wonderful guy. Can I say his name? Yeah, definitely. Uh, his name is Dr. Simon Sparks. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's a nice name. Yes. He's the smartest guy I know. 
and uh, he lives in Boulder. And um, uh, I think I was just, I would, uh, I was not a great student of his, you know, because I was working on music so much. Oh, got that it. I kind of yeah. like okay. didn't do the work, the schoolwork. But he was so, he was like our first fan. He would always come to our shows. And he was like, Aaron, I mean, yeah, of course you have to move to New York. <laughs> That's awesome. So I was like, I trusted him. And he was right. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Like, uh, I feel like when you have, like, a mentor or a guide to kind of show you the way to be like, you should do this. It makes it so much easier. Uh, so, so yeah, much easier. Totally. Like, that's yeah. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of stuck right now trying to figure out where I need to move Baltimore to Baltimore or or Denver or wherever. Yeah. And uh, if I had someone that's just like James, you should move to wherever. I'd be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that made it simple enough for me to know. Being in Brooklyn, I feel like that may have shaped your sound or influenced your music a little bit. Could you tell me if if it has? How so? Yeah, I'm sure it has. I um, I'm not sure I could really be. I don't know if I'm the best person to ask. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I can tell you my thoughts. My thoughts are uh, we we just kind of, within the first couple of years of, of living there, met some good friends who were also kind of in the same place we were. And um, I think it, it felt like a really cool camaraderie of just a little, little gang of um, whoever we were, you know. It's like Yaysayer and MGMT and Suckers. Yeah. Those guys, you know, it's That's like awesome. 2008 kind of era. And you just <laughs> met these people by going out to bars and restaurants, I guess? Um, um, I don't know. I can't remember. I uh, guess it has been probably, a while, you know? so, yeah. I mean, I remember meeting Andrew from MGMT on Craigslist because we... Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. We were just looking for a rehearsal... Um, space mates to share the space with and he was the first one to call me and then you're just <laughs> like cool prince. this works out <laughs> <laughs> so you know speaking this is the one and only time i've ever used craigslist really yeah it's great i'm really fascinated by Cra- <laughs> <laughs> wait where do you find your apartment then <laughs> um it's walking around <laughs> No, no. Well, where did you, so did you stay in like a hotel or a hostel and then? Oh, when we first moved. Yeah, when we first moved, we lived. We stayed in Connecticut for like a month or something. Okay, and then while we looked for an apartment. Okay, got you. Yeah, and then only one time you used Craigslist, and that was yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, baffling. I feel like uh, and so they didn't have any instrument. They never used the space, but they paid for it. Wait, so MGMT didn't have any instruments? In it was uh, it was right when they were signing to Columbia, and um, they didn't really have a. They were in in the middle of putting their band together, and uh, I didn't know them that well, you know. So I was just I was figuring learning about them as well. <laughs> I was like, okay, so you're gonna not use the space, your band, signing to Columbia. You don't have instruments. Were they borrowing cool. their friends' instruments? Or? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they have instruments now. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> so, what's your favorite? Uh, veg- anyway, veg- I would. I want to. I've always. I've been meaning to ask them this story. You know, I saw them recently, and I wanted to to ask him because I feel like my version of the story is a little different than what their version of the story would be. 
of how we met. It sounds pretty crazy, honestly. I like my version, though. I like it, too. <laughs> this Maybe it should be in a book or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's pretty solid stuff. <laughs> so where is uh, your favorite vegetarian restaurant in Brooklyn? Ooh, wow. Well, man, um, I'm a sucker for kimchi and Korean food. Okay, awesome. So I eat a lot of kimchi. <laughs> That's awesome. And the, the restaurant's not vegetarian, but, I mean... You know, you can you can work around that. Yes. Um, or a good bar that I should be checking out in okay. Brooklyn. Well, um, you know, my go-to place is Dokebi. It's D-O-K-E-B-I, Dokebi. Okay. And then sister restaurant, Little Dokebi. Um, they're both in Brooklyn. They're Williamsburg and Greenpoint. And... Um, it is just um, really great Korean food. I'll have to and, uh, check that out. I know I had really good pad thai. These guys go, we are scientists. Are, Hell yeah. That's kind of where we hang out. They're regulars. That's where we there. hang out. That's really cool. I know I had really good pad thai in uh, Brooklyn one time. And it was so spicy that I actually needed to drink out of like the pitcher of the the water that they had there because my my mouth uh, I felt like my mouth was going to catch on fire <laughs> it was like literally warning so I was like I need to drink out of this pitcher right now yeah <laughs> it's but uh I think it has I feel like uh Brooklyn has some pretty damn good food yeah I mean you know I'm blanking on a lot of places but there are just so many options for anything just another good reason to move there. What was it like for you to move there? Like, was your family um, happy for you, or did they want you to stay in Colorado? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know that they're really happy when I'm here now. That makes you sense. Know, they're happy when I'm around. But they didn't try to stop me or anything. Oh, cool. They like, so they are pretty supportive of you moving to New York. Yeah. Do you think that you could ever relocate to another city that's not Brooklyn or Colorado Springs? Mm-hmm. Any place in mind? I'm really open. Pretty open? Um, pretty open. I just, I would love to go, I would love to live for a year somewhere that I've never been. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, any feelings towards uh, Portland or maybe New Orleans? Or s- I do like New Orleans a lot. I love New Orleans, yeah. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite cities. Yeah. It's pretty good. The jazz scene down there is pretty solid. Yeah. When was the last time you've gone on tour? It was a while ago, Twenty. 20- 13. Oh, okay. I did a tour with this band called Tan Lines. And um, and then right after that, I did a sh- I played a show with Cat Power. Oh, nice. Which was awesome. That was like a dream come true. <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, I just kind of, I started coming to Colorado after that and haven't really toured since then. Nice. And how long have you been living back in Colorado for now? I think about three years, you know. Like, oh, okay. kind of equally splitting it between Colorado and New York. Do you drive or fly? I love driving. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I only drive in Colorado. Um, I don't have a car in New York. That I just keep sense. a car here. So I assume that you just, like, fly out of the Colorado airport, uh, or the Colorado Springs airport to New York, then? Didn't. Airport. Does Colorado Springs have... It has an airport, It's right? a very tiny airport. Yeah, so maybe it's not that <laughs> nice. <laughs> so where is your favorite place to tour? Oh, I don't have a favorite place. I, <laughs> um, 
but if I had to choose, then Italy and pretty much anywhere in Europe. <laughs> what do you uh, like about Italy so much? Food. <laughs> <laughs> Just really a foodie. <laughs> it's, that's the only reason to go on tour is to eat. <laughs> Maybe you should uh, quit music and uh, fill Anthony Bourdain's spot. Well, as... I've thought about it. I mean, I've not thought about filling his spot. There's no way yeah, there's anyone no... could do that. Yeah, but true. I've thought about just <laughs> focusing <What>? on food. <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> Like a travel channel where you just eat food. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I don't know if anyone's going to be able to do what he did ever again. Yeah, he was pretty awesome. If you could play anywhere in the world, where would it be? On the planet? <laughs> this planet. This planet. As of now, <laughs> until Elon gets us on Mars. <laughs> right now? Um, I just imagine a place that it doesn't matter which country it'd be in, but as long as it would be all my closest friends there, I think that would be the most ideal. If just everyone in one place would make me happy. So let's talk a little bit about uh, your show yesterday at UMS. Was that your first show in a while? Or... Mm-hmm. And, uh... <laughs> could, you, could you tell? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, I thought you did great. Um, but who was, uh, who was your backing band with you? Uh, Neil. Neil Diamond. <laughs> oh, um... Damn. <laughs> wow, um... I didn't realize that was Neil Diamond. <laughs> Um, he was on drums. He's in this band, uh, Oko Tigra, Denver band. I've heard of them. That mm-hmm. sounds familiar. Interesting. Yeah, they're awesome. And uh, Aaron, another Aaron, Aaron Brown from Colorado Springs. Is he related He's, to uh, Matthew Brown? No. <laughs> but combine all of our names together. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, so yeah, they were. We just, it was kind of just a little one off thing. It was cool to do. I like playing with different people. What do you think of your set? Did you have fun at UMS? Well, I had fun. Yeah. And I know that the, there was one lady with her daughter in front that had fun. <laughs> yeah. Did you know her? No. Oh. <laughs> she. You just saw her smiling and dancing, I assume? It was really um, made me feel good. The The stage is kind of interesting. There's like a lot of placements of abstract art on it, I feel like. Yeah. I was really into it. Did you see uh, the ball pit with the – it was like a convertible ball pit yeah. or something? I thought that was really – Yeah, cool. the whole stage area looks like something the Flaming Lips would design. I agree with that. The Flaming Lips actually <laughs> – uh, did an installation in the American Visionary Art Museum, which is in Baltimore, and it was it was pretty sweet. Oh, is it the King's Mouth thing? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Have you seen that? I've seen photos. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Speaking of Baltimore, can you tell me uh, anything about it? Oh, boy. Oh, any feelings? <laughs> any uh... feelings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have, yeah, I've got the feelings. <laughs> have you enjoyed your time playing there? Yeah. That's awesome. I think the last time was that show with We Are Scientists. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you told so it's been me a while. you guys went camping uh, at where the Blair Witch Project was basically filmed. Yeah. You know, camping's not the right word. We just kind of threw ourselves into the country because <laughs> our friend had a house out there. And, you know, it was a late night decision. <laughs> Wait, so you show. stayed at a friend's house in Frederick, I guess. Yeah. I think that's where it was. <laughs> it was pretty It cool. was really far out there. <laughs> there, awesome. were, there were uh, snapping turtles, 
wow. and other wildlife. That's crazy. Did you go, like, on any hikes think, or anything? I think Keith and I woke up and, no, we got breakfast. Nice. Pretty solid stuff. Let's let's get let's get into the next song here. Uh, the next song is going to be Earwig Town. And uh, could you tell me a little bit about the name of the song? Where did this name come from? Uh, where it come from? Yes, the town of Earwig. Where's that at? It's in your brain. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, just the thought. Just think about an earwig crawling in through your to your ear and getting into your brain. It's a terrifying thought. That is kind of scary. You know? But uh, I think, you know, the, the it's kind of, the song has sort of a desert, cactus, uh, dry, twangy feel to it that I like. Awesome. Cool. So here we go. Earwig Town. <laughs> Oh, 
to the show. That was Earwig Town by Chairlift, and uh, that was a good song. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before, but I like the deserty vibe, and uh, the lyrics were pretty fun, too. It's pretty sweet. Pretty track. Speaking of your songs, what is your favorite song that you've ever wrote? I haven't written my favorite song yet. Really? It just hasn't happened. But I feel it coming. I feel it, it'll happen soon. How often do you write? Oh, every day. Yeah? Definitely every day. Wrote a song this morning. In a notebook, or what, where do you typically write? Usually a notebook, yeah. Do you have a common theme in the songs that you write? Ghosting. That's the name of uh, my favorite song to play, of my own. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there you go. Really? Yeah. Hey. Uh. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was how I started off my set at UMS yesterday. Oh, no uh, way. I'm really sorry I didn't make it. Yeah, that's all right. It's no problem. It's kind of interesting because uh, the crowd was very, uh, they just didn't seem like they were into abstract music, maybe, uh, at first. And then, like, a troop and army of my friends just showed up and everything became okay <laughs> that always feels better and i was it's like good to have that team this is cool for my last song i put a harmonica in my mouth and then started drumming uh <laughs> while playing harmonica and uh looping my guitar so that's perfect it's kind of cool yeah do you find how do you how are the crowds different here than when you play in baltimore oh man so in baltimore everyone <laughs> Uh, the crowds are very like people that didn't want to move to New York. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like it's basically like I'd imagine that the scene is similar from uh, Baltimore to Brooklyn. I think it's just smaller and more condensed in uh, Baltimore. And it's interesting because I was mentioning to you that like bands like Animal Collective and Dan Deacon, Future Islands and Beach House all are Baltimoreans. It's just, it's kind of wild because we still have musicians up and coming and doing awesome stuff and they're great songwriters. For example, Snail Mail, um, she's now making waves and she's a Baltimorean too. So oh. it feels kind of special to try to build a scene in a smaller city and uh, keep it strong, whatever that means. So mm -hmm. I don't know. And I guess like in Colorado Springs, I would imagine that people are trying to build a scene out there, although it's kind of, it seems pretty spread out. Do you notice that at all? It is spread out. Um, but I've, I've been lucky to meet some really cool artists there. And I think it's a pretty small scene too. The artists, you know, um, yeah. Brifo is a great band. Concordian, Concordian, yeah, um, I saw them the other night. Yeah, they so they're like they're my favorites of Colorado Springs, and um, <laughs> I think they're gonna be like they're gonna do good. Yeah, stars. hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if if you could open for any musician, past or present, who would it be? Mm, is that a band? Hmm. Hum? I know, I know <laughs> Hum's a band. I've, I've heard of them before. But, uh... <laughs> Open for? Yeah. You mean, like, so would I feel comfortable and have fun doing it, or would I be nervous and a total wreck? Either or. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, Prince is the first one I thought Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> that would be so sweet. Prince... Like, what if it was can't imagine. I don't know if anyone even opens for him, or did, you know? Like, he probably never had an opener, right? 
It was probably just him. <laughs> yeah, probably. I would imagine that that's actually true. <laughs> just the air. Like, there's just, like, a, a light on stage, and everyone's like, man, yeah. we don't need an opener. Why? No. Like, I mean, there's, no. It's unnecessary. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? A, I'd imagine that you're a pretty big Prince fan, then. I'm a huge Prince fan. You know what? I would love to open for Fancy Matthew Brown. I think doing a set... And then having a dance party with him would be my dream right now. Didn't you guys just? Play? And that's a realistic dream. You guys just played together though, didn't uh, we? in Brooklyn. You told me that. Last oh, night. we did DJ together. Yeah. So your dream has been. So I guess I did it. Accomplished. <laughs> oh man! Holy cow! Um, oh brother! Oh brother! So shout out to uh, Fancy Matthew <clears throat> Brown, Fancy Tiger. Who uh, can you name a couple of your favorite musicians right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, I really like those Colorado Springs bands. Briffo. Just really into those. And Concordian. That's you know? awesome. Like, I think that they write really great songs. I'll have to check out Briffo. I'm not familiar with mm-hmm. them. And lastly, could we expect... Oh, and uh, Chris Campisi. Let me tell you, boy. Chris Campisi? Yeah. I don't know Okay. So he's a, uh, he's a graphic designer in Brooklyn. And uh, I just met him last fall, and we ended up spending a lot of time together and basically writing, coming up with ideas for songs as we took very long walks around Brooklyn. And he's never really, uh, he's got music recorded now that we've, that, you know, he's been doing. And it's really, really exciting to me because I think it's good. And uh, so Chris Campisi is my other favorite right now. Check him out. Is there any recordings online now? Not yet. Not yet, but eventually. Just keep on looking for it somehow. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll let you know. And lastly, could we expect any upcoming shows, any upcoming recordings from Rewards or from you in general? Um, I would like to play. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Um, so the thing is, I'm here. I'm gonna in Colorado still because um, my sister's having another kid, baby, uh, thing. Did you tell me you found that out last night? Yeah. So right before, <laughs> right before I was going on stage, my mom was like, "Oh, there might be a baby," and then uh, my sister texted me and was like, "It was false alarm, but it could be happening right now as we're speaking." Um, what do you mean? Like, I don't know, just any moment. My sister texted me yesterday. And oh, was just like, there like, could be a baby. She, at oh, like second. she's already pregnant. Yes. Oh, that's I, how it works. Sorry. I, yeah, I don't know then, what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, there could be a baby eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very real thing that's going to happen at any second. Oh. So I'll be an uncle for a second time. And that's why I'm around. Well, don't hit. let me hold you up. Oh, that's, no, that's, that's fine. Uh, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I would be getting texts if, if that was happening. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so here, so I'm going to spend some time here, and then um, I would, uh, was going to um, try and convince uh, Keith Murray of We Are Scientists to play uh, some, to uh, help me record some guitar parts for this, for a new record. Oh, awesome. And then, so next year, what is it? I'll just probably be tour all that year. Have you announced these plans anywhere else? I just did. Oh, wow. I, it is an honor to have those plans announced. Well, man, show. 50th show. So, <laughs> it hey, is my 50th show. Got to give you something. The last show. Yes, the last show, too. Thank you so much, totally, Aaron, man. for coming Absolutely. on. Is there anything else show. that you want to tell me? 
Yeah, I want to tell you that uh, you're a very nice, loving person. Well, I wasn't fishing for that. I was. What I meant was, thank you. Oh. But, I mean, anything you want to say to your fans? Oh, uh, I just want to say thank you to... <laughs> I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that. But uh, yes, uh, thank you for coming on, Aaron. And thank you to people of all races, ages, genders, and galaxies for tuning in. It means the absolute world to me. It's insane that I even got this radio show to begin with, but I'm glad that I had it. It was a pleasure serving you. This has been the 50th episode of The Shaky Experience. My name is James Richard Lane. I am signing off for good. And as always, a friendly reminder that I end with every show, please support your local animal shelter. Goodbye.